I sometimes read uh, public domain books here on Leaves of Glen. And they were written a long time ago, uh, so they're usually uh, racist or sexist or bigoted. Uh, but in there somewhere and all that is a, a story, and that's why those stories are famous. Other times, I read uh, works from independent authors, and they're delightfully not racist, but they might have adult language or adult situations. So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. Now, hello. Uh, welcome to the Mansion of Leaves of Glen. It's a fun little bit where I pretend to live in a mansion and not just uh, recording in my basement. I also read the hottest in public domain books and short stories. This week, I'm reading Misunderstanding by Evelyn Michaels. It's a story I found on the subreddit Scary Stories, uh, which was pretty good, so I got permission to read it. From the author. Want to learn about the author? Sure. Evelyn Michaels. Uh... There's nothing about the author on the internet. I looked around. They don't have like a blog with an about me section, nothing like that. Uh, the only thing they say about themselves is we don't believe in therapy. We write horror stories instead. Uh, fun facts. Well, they have an entire book that they've made. Uh, the book's called Haven Creek and Other Horror Tales. Uh, a varied collection of chilling tales from across the mental landscape, from personal fears to existential dread. Tales long and short designed to twist and hamper the mind with unwelcome thoughts from things from both mundane and fantastical. So make sure to go check that out. I have a link to it in my show notes. I also have a link to their Twitter account, Instagram account, uh, DeviantArt account, and their Reddit account. So if you go to look at the show notes, you can go learn more about them because they have multiple stories that they put out there. I've just seen the stuff they put on Reddit and all of it's good. So you should probably go look at it. Yeah, I don't know. It's on the internet. You can read it on your phone. Maybe you're just like, I don't want to commit to this. But, you know, sometimes you get stuck on the bus. Or maybe you're taking a poop. And you're like, ah, well, I got nothing else to read. Go to my show notes and go pull up some of their stuff. Uh, I have nothing to talk about. And it's going to be forever before the grandfather clock finally kicks in. And no, I refuse to move the sound effect of the grandfather clock up further. I'm sticking to my bit. And I have such a boring life lately that uh, uh, I have nothing to report. Oh, I have things to report that uh, involve people that are none of your business, but uh, I'm not telling you about it because it's none of your business. So uh, uh, instead, I'm going to, I guess, tell you about the dog. My youngest wanted a dog, talked me into it, and said, fine. So I got a dog. And I don't know anything about dogs. I've never owned a dog. Uh, I see other people's dogs, and usually I don't like them uh, because they either bark at you all the time or me uh, with my male parts. They just stick their snout right in them or they paw at them. Uh, and it usually takes them 15 to 20 minutes to calm the hell down because I guess my private parts are that alluring. But I don't normally enjoy dogs, so now I own one. And it's a big one, too. It's like a, 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 a what? I don't know. Gold retriever, maybe? I don't know. Some kind of hound? I think it's part hound and part something else. I don't care. I'm not one of those people. People that know the breeds of their dogs are like the same people that have a baby, and when their baby is like a year and whatever months old, they go, oh, that baby's 19 months old. And no, it's a year and however many... It, it, so I'm not one of those people. So anyway, it's got this dog, and when my 
kid is at school or God knows wherever the hell else they go, probably the laundromat to hang out with their laundromat friends, uh, they, this dog is just always around. I work from home. Thank God. And then uh, this dog just sits behind me and whines. So I've had to, since I got work to do and I've got calls I'm supposed to be on, I have to get away from this whining dog. He whines so loud. He's huge and his lungs are gigantic and his snout does not seem able to pass air through it in a proper way that doesn't involve all the meat inside the smut slapping around. Horrible sounds coming out of him when he's just breathing. He's just trying to exist. It's disgusting. So I uh, I had to try to make my office down in the basement. And boy, that's a ticking clock because the basement keeps getting flies all the time and, and mice. Right now I'm in the middle of the dead of the winter, so there's nothing. It's great, but later it's going to be horrible. So it's uh, my time is limited down here. So even just trying to record tonight, my youngest is off at driver's education. And I'm the one that's got to take him out for it. Oh my God, he's so bored. He looks at me and gets all excited like he expects me to play with him. I'm like, I'm just taking you out for a walk and take, take a shit. And I'm going back downstairs to report my, cod, my podcast. All right, well... That was a great intro. Let's move on to the actual story. Misunderstanding by Evelyn Michaels. Ding! Ben looked at his text. <laughs> Jenny had sent him an image. The image showed a, a box of sex toys. Oh, oh fairly tame, uh, nothing outrageous. There was the, that pair of silver handcuffs, which always cut into Lily's wrists a bit, uh, leaving a, ooh, a delicious red mark. Her, her favorite green ruler, which had cracks from being used on her soft, big ass so much. The royal blue leather harness which looped round her boobs with the perfect uh, balance of restraint and space for jiggle. And finally, the small ball gag, which uh, set off her full mouth and generous lips beautifully. Oh, it used to be covered in her glossy red lipstick stains. His first emotion from the image was a flood of nostalgia for his adventurous ex-girlfriend, Lily. Uh, Why had he broken up with her again? Ding! Oh, a new message brought him back to reality. Eh, well, we need to talk about this. Fear gripped him, replacing the flush of nostalgia from a moment ago. Eh, eh, babe, it's nothing, honestly. Oh, I'd never pressure you. I'm not mad, just wish you'd be honest with me about what you want. Eh, it's not a big deal. Eh, how'd you find that stuff? Well, we can talk about it tonight. Gotta go. He'd only been dating Jenny a few weeks, and he had already picked up on what he felt was a Jenny's puritanical attitude to sex. So, unlike the passionate but insanely possessive Lily, uh, Jenny was definitely uh, uh, vanilla. Uh, even, even doggy style seemed out of her comfort range. Uh, and, there, and there was no way he could imagine bringing up the stuff that he and Lily would get up to. Ben recalled Lily's intense laugh when he, when he slapped her ass a bit too forcefully. And with his much fondness, this sweet glowing aftercare. 
They had been crazy for each other. Until he couldn't help acknowledging Lily was actually crazy and uh, uh, her jealous rages, which ferociously channeled the same sexual energy, but, uh, but in, a, in a threatening way, led, her to their, uh, led them to their inevitable breakup. And now he had the threat of the talk about sex toys with, a, with kind, cool, vanilla Jenny looming over him. Ben felt getting hit by a truck on his way to her would be preferable. Well, this is a real short story, so we've already hit the halfway point. Uh, and it reminds me of something that uh, I once saw when I went to Dorglass.com. That's D-O-R-G-L-A-S-S.com. Uh, they're dedicated to fabricating and professionally installing the highest quality glass products from the nation's top manufacturers. Their inventory combined with their years of experience, makes them the premier source for installation and repair. They approach every project with the same goals, professionalism, integrity, and they're discreet. I want them to make me a glass uh, sex furniture. I, there's a person I grew up with a long time ago uh, when I was a kid. Uh, she got married to some guy, and I guess this guy makes his own sex furniture. Uh, she said that, like, yeah, you go in the garage. Uh, which she, we were standing outside the garage at the time. She's like, I'm not letting you in the garage because if you went in the garage, you're going to see his sex furniture. He makes sex furniture. Some kind of lounge chair with straps. I don't know. Maybe there's a toilet inserted in it. I have no idea. Uh, and so she, but when she's talking about this, because he's been working on all sorts of different types of sex furniture, which I thought, that's laborious. Uh, I mean, I get you want to have fun and do you know fun things with sex. I'm not against any of that. That's fine. That's completely understandable. But the, the fact that you have to have an entire piece of furniture dedicated just to sex makes me wonder, the, the hell are you going to, where are you putting it? Uh, does it convert to normal furniture and then you giggle to yourself when your guests sit on it and they don't know what you've already done to it, the poop you took in the bowl that's inserted in the seat or something? I don't know. Uh, uh, but they, you get this whole piece of furniture that if you don't use it, you feel guilty. If anything reminds you, like, oh, maybe our relationship isn't going so well, we haven't had sex in a while, it's even worse when you're like, maybe our relationship is going well because I haven't had sex with you on the, the sex ottoman. So, uh... They make that all the time, I guess. This guy's been going through a ton. I'm sure he's given up by now. I don't know what kind of world he thought he was going to enter. Does he go to, like, sex sex furniture conventions, and then people just kind of walk past his booth and don't pay any attention to him? And he's like, ah, my sex love seat's being ignored. And I worked so hard on it. Uh, but in either case, uh, all it did was make me think, ah, Jesus, he's fucked her on the sex furniture. Uh, she's talking about it because they've done it. Uh, I'm surprised she's telling us this much about herself because we don't really know each other all that well. Anyways, uh, so doorglass.com can make you sex furniture because they do commercial storefronts. Automatic entrances, windows, patio doors, mirrors, shower doors, installation repair, and they will design and build anything you want. Do you want a glass sex massage table? Do you want a glass sex kitchen table? Anything you want. It's made of glass. They'll do it. Yeah, I don't even... What the hell? A sex bed. 
pretty much the most straightforward thing you could ever think of. They'll make it out of glass for you. It'd be uncomfortable. You got to be real careful on it, but they'll do it. Uh, their clients are the Pottery Barn, Williams Sonoma, Sherman Williams, Portillo's, which is some sort of sandwich place I've never heard of. Don't care about the Salt Cave, which is a place in Minneapolis where yeah, you got the walls inside are made of Himalayan salt and stuff. They light it from behind, so it's all eerie and weird, like you've walked into some sort of bad movie, bad sci-fi movie, uh, and then you just go in there and you do white people crap, like yoga, meditation, and I don't know, uh, just primal screaming. I have no idea what they do in there because I refuse to go because they won't let you touch the walls. It's on their website. Don't touch the walls. We don't let you touch the walls. I think the whole point of going in there is just to lick warm walls is the whole point. Anyone signs up to do that. And then they probably walk in, they find out you can't touch the walls. Like, all right, fine, I'll do yoga, whatever. At least I can do a sweat in here. Uh, and the Applebee's. So with that, uh, why don't we retire here from the library? And we'll go up to the master bedroom, the two of us, where I can read to you the latest upcoming romance books from Penguin Random House. I'm coming. I bought this vape back in 2013. The thing's gigantic, but I think the battery's... Oh, what the hell are you... You wear like a three-piece suit. A brown three-piece suit. You got little fangs in your mouth. You got little wire-rimmed glasses. And your hair's parted in the middle. It's greased up. Hey, what are you supposed to be, like a, a nerd? A vampire nerd? What's that? Oh, you put something on the bed. Of course. It's called uh, Dead Collections, a novel by Isaac Fellman. A whirlwind romance between an eccentric archivist and a grieving widow explores what it means to be at home in your own body in this clever, humorous, and heartfelt novel. When archivist Soul meets Elsie, the larger-than-life widow of a moderately famous television writer who has come to donate her wife's papers. Oh, there's an instant spark. Of course, it's a romance novel. But Soul has a secret. Oh, he suffers from an illness called vampirism. Oh, I see what you did. He's still a vampire nerd. And hides from the sun by... Ugh, living in his basement office. <laughs> and on their way to falling in love, the two traverse grief, delve into the internet fandom they once unknowingly shared, <laughs> and navigate the realities of transphobia and the stigmas of carrying the, quote, vampire disease. Then, when strange things start happening at the collection, Soul must embrace even more of the unknown to save himself and his job. Dead Collections is a wry novel full of heart and empathy that celebrates the journey, the difficulties, and the joys in finding love and comfort within our own bodies. Want to hear some praise about the Dead Collections? Uh, a moving and provocative novel that caresses the decay, nibbling at the hard edges of postmodern office scapes, exposing a sexy, neurotic, and cinematic vampire love story bubbling up from the ruins, says Jordy Rosenberg, author of Confessions of the Fox. Fine. Uh, it's just author's... Author of this, author of that. Oh, once an artist. Upsetting in the most satisfying way possible and beautifully clever. Dead Collections is full of wonderful details, both phantasmagoric and all too real. Filled at the brim with things that grab onto your brain and won't let go, says Maddie Lebchansky. 
comma, artist. <laughs> uh, the other ones are authors of books called Something That May Shock and Discredit You or Victories Greater Than Death. Uh, and several people are typing. So that's the kind of praise that you're going to get when you're an independent author, I suppose, in this book that's published by Penguin Random House. You can find it on February 22nd at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, Hudson Bookshows, Bound, Powell's Target, and Walmart. With that, why don't you take off your nerd suit and we'll get out of my master bedroom because you've defiled it. I don't bring nerds into my sexy bedroom, especially vampire nerds. Uh, why don't we go back downstairs to the library where we can finish reading this story. Eventually, uh, he walked in and exclaimed in surprise. Jenny was dressed in a gorgeous dominatrix outfit, complete with a tightly laced leather corset, making her boobs pop fantastically and stiletto-heeled boots. She was holding the green ruler. The handcuff and blue harness were laid out neatly on the bed. Uh, This is what you want? This is what your old slut did? She slapped the ruler against the palm of her hand. And you thought I couldn't do that? Undress now and get in there. Ben opened his mouth. Uh, no, uh, Jenny, you don't. She slapped the ruler against her palm even louder, and the familiar sound made him hard. Did I give you permission to talk or even use my name? Undress now. Although he had never been into submission or humiliation, there was no denying his arousal. Without further protest, he slipped off his clothes. Jenny surveyed his erection with amusement. Now we'll see if you find this as enjoyable once I'm done punishing you for withholding your desires from me. Get in position. Obediently, he went down on all fours. She buckled him into the harness and pulled his arms back, handcuffing him. Her softly popping boobs brushed against him, making him even more aroused. Then uh, she grabbed his face squeezed his mouth open, and inserted the ball gag. She then pushed his head down on the floor onto the cushion she had already thoughtfully laid down for him. His ass was held up nice and high. For a moment, he had a beautiful close view of her stiletto heels by his face. Then she walked around and pulled on the harness with one hand and delivered the first sharp blow with the other. He moaned with pleasure and pain. Jenny continued the punishment unaware that the poisoned ball gag was releasing deadly fumes into him, slowly killing him. It was not until she was uh, sweating, her boobs heaving with exertion, that she stopped, walked round, turned over and with his foot, and saw the dead face of her lover. Well, with that, why don't we uh, retire to the smoking room, where we can review the story we just read. Well, get yourself settled. Uh, what did we read here? A story about a man who uh, used to date someone who was, ooh, a lot of fun. Uh, Trouble City, but oh boy, was she hot. She, uh, she had a lot of fun in the bedroom, and man, did he love that. Though she was uh, pretty intense and pretty jealous. And uh, as time went on, the uh, jealousy got so intense he had to let her go. 
but still kept all the fun sex toys, probably hoping, oh, the next one, the next person I date, boy, are we going to have fun, but wound up dating somebody else who's kind of a dud. Uh, doggy style is uh, too weird for them. So he's uh, just kind of resigned himself to, well, I like her, so I guess I just get to let the whole sex thing go that I got really into, thanks to my last girlfriend, who was Trouble City, but she was hot. But, uh, turns out she finds a box of his stuff, ball gag, handcuffs, green ruler, specifically the green ruler, that's very prominent in the story, uh, and so then she uh, thinks that it's for him, that he likes to be treated that way, so she says, get over here, and uh, I'm going to beat the crap out of you, so he goes over there, and she starts to beat the crap out of him, man, he loves those stiletto heels, with his butt up in the air, getting slapped, presumably by the green ruler, and then, uh, but turns out, previous girlfriend uh, poisoned the ball gag. Uh, so that was pretty crazy. So, uh, I guess she intended to kill him all along, but he broke up with her just in time. But, unfortunately, nosy new girlfriend loves to, uh, get into his stuff and accidentally kills him. What's good about this story? Well, first of all, it was short. I only say that it was short because I just got done reading The Hound of the Baskervilles, which went on forever. I literally started that story in September, and it's been dragging out until just last week. That's ridiculous. No one should ever have to read a story out loud for that long. It makes you want to kill yourself. So this one was great. All done in one episode and uh, had a nice little twist at the end. And I was pretty happy about it. Uh, what sucks? Um, I think I was under the impression that the previous girlfriend was the one that liked being submissive. So when I heard that the ball gag had poison on it, I thought she was trying to kill herself is what I initially thought. But then at the end of the story... Uh, when it's all done, because he's trying out being submissive for the first time. I guess I was confused about who was supposed to get the ball gag originally, the poison lace ball gag originally. I don't think that the possessive girlfriend, maybe she'd kill herself in front of him. Maybe that was the whole point of the story. Well, I just figured it out. So that stopped being a what sucks, and now it just became a what's good. What do we learn? Never trust anyone. If they're fun... If anyone's fun and creative and uh, exciting and really challenges what you, uh, how you see the world and perceive things, both sexually or just in general, don't trust them. They might try to kill you or themselves, which I think is a great note to end on. And with that, uh, thanks for listening, and uh, I will see you again next week. Ah, uh, well, it appears you found me in the part of the podcast I hate the most where I tell you all about the places on the internet where you can find me. You can tell I hate this because of the sound effects making it sound like a stormy night uh, in the drawing room of the damned. Now, there's there's that. Uh, I, I, are you cool? I like cool people. It's the reason why I got involved in this business to begin with, just to meet cool people not losers. So if you're cool, uh, feel free to go over to my website, uh, nuzzlehouse.com. You can see a backlog of everything I've ever read, uh, along with episodes from the Book Boys and uh, blah, blah, blah. You can also find me on Instagram, uh, which is uh, House Nuzzle. And conveniently enough, uh, Twitter, which is also at House Nuzzle. Annoyingly, YouTube made me pick a name instead of just a house nuzzle. So you got Glenn Nuzzles. So I guess you search for that if you want to watch a screen that doesn't do anything and just hear my voice. Uh, and since, uh, since I think you might be cool, 
you can always just email me directly. Glenn.nuzzles at gmail.com. But don't, uh, don't email if you're a, a nerdlinger or a dork. Now, back to business. I can't believe I drank all of them already. There's got to be one left. 